You're listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. You can follow along with the notes for this message and get better connected with our church by visiting church2911.com connect. Now, here's Pastor Rick or another member of our team with this week's message. Okay, so this morning's sermon, I told someone early this morning I didn't want to put this out on, on social media because this morning's sermon, the... the the subject is habits, and I knew if I put that on social media, some of y'all wouldn't show up today. You know, you'd say, you don't have any of those. Or I really wanted to tell you it was about addictions, but I think some of us have not gotten to the place where we can admit that our habits have become a little bit of an addiction to us. So, so, so I, I would say this morning's sermon is about habits, okay? Um, and so let's begin with a few definitions, if we can. Habits. And addictions the word habit a settled regular tendency or practice especially one that is hard to give up okay a habit now, remember a habit is something that you it's, it's not something sometimes that you choose it's actually something that you know you just do it because you have to do it you've gotten in the habit of doing it addiction strongly inclined or compelled to do use or indulge in something repeatedly hmm you notice that now, those are different words, right? But those two descriptions seem awfully familiar to one another. Don't they seem very similar in some ways? Let me add another one in here. You know, we might not talk about this a whole lot, but let me throw this one in here. Binge. Indulge in an activity to excess. You know, if you look, if you look uh, the word binge up in a dictionary that's, that's uh, just a few years old, it's going to, it's going to say, just about the whole definition is all about food binging on food but these days I mean if you look look it up in a dictionary online something that's being updated on a regular basis you'll see that man we binge on lots of stuff these days I mean we're binging on everything okay so so but if you look at these three things habit addiction and binging these things they seem very similar don't they of course we'd rather use the word habit than addiction right we, we don't want to say that we've got addictions, but, oh, yeah, we've got habits, but we don't like to use that term addiction. That's why I said that really I probably didn't want to tell you the subject this morning was addictions. I'd rather tell you habits because I'm afraid some of you would go to sleep on me and say, well, this isn't for me. But I think all of us need to wake up and think about some of these things. Here's what I want to do. First part of this message, I want to talk to you about the dangers of habits. Now, habits don't have to be bad but habits can be bad for us. Okay, so let's jump into that real quick. Habits are so easy. They're so easy. I mean, that's, that's, one, of the, that's one of the dangers. Anything that's that easy, you know, it's got to be, you know, it's kind of like anything that tastes really, really good for you can't be good for you, right? <laughs> or anything that tastes really, really good can't be good for you. Habits are so easy. I mean, you do them without, without really thinking. I mean, they, they just come natural. You just, you just have habits, and, and they're just so easy to do, and they're so fulfilling. You know, a habit that you've had, I mean, it's just like a, just a warm fuzzy that you get every time you do that. How many of you have really good feelings whenever you eat? Anybody? Anybody have really good? Yeah, yeah. Okay, so you know what I'm talking about, right? Ha- a habit of eating, you know, it's just so easy, and it's so fulfilling. Okay, and then Dopamine gets in there and in the middle of the mix, you know, and just just makes it even better. Dopamine modulates the brain's ability to perceive reward reinforcement. Okay, so um, basically what that means is dopamine starts working there, and so while you're while you're indulging in the habit, 
good habit or bad habit, whatever it is, dopamine kind of enhances that and makes it even better. And that's a good thing if it's a good habit, like eating. I mean, we need the habit of eating, you know, and, and you know, we don't need to uh, overeat, but we need the habit of eating. So eating is a good habit, and dopamine reinforces that, makes us feel good about eating. But then the overeating is the problem. That's where that binge comes in, you know, because anything that is good for us can become harmful for us if we do it to excess, as in binge. Anything, you, anything can be, just like eating, if you're eating's good, but overeating can be bad for you. Like, like loving something. If you love something, you have, you have great passion for something, and, 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 you know, that's a good thing unless you have too much, yeah, you can have too much passion for something. You can love something so much that you refuse to back away from, from away from it or, or give it up or you refuse to, to, to allow other things into your life because you love that thing so much. So even things like that. So good habits can be bad for us when we get to that point of binging on them and uh, uh, putting some other things out of our lives. Okay, so let's go on to the next. Thank you, next slide. Then the amount of dopamine rush decreases as the brain becomes habituated to an experience. So the amount of dopamine rush decreases as we get more and more used to the habits in our life. Okay, think about, you ever had a meal that was just so awesome, you felt like you could just lay down and die right at that moment, you know, when you were done with it. And that now, you sometimes think about, let's go back and I want to have that again, you know. I'm thinking about two places like that right now. I'd love to go this afternoon. I'm thinking about two meals right now in my mind that I would love to have right now this afternoon, but it's my 10-year-old granddaughter's birthday, and we ain't going there. We're going to her place today, so and it ain't, it ain't the two places I want to go to get what I want, right? And you know what happens over time? I, I think this probably happens to you like it has to me, is you eat it that first time, man, this is awesome. You eat that second, this is awesome, and that third time. And what happens is, is uh, leading into that second time when you know you're going there, you've had that meal now, and so now just, just the anticipation of having that, it's like the dopamine is there too, and so it's like you, it's, it's, it's tasting good already. You're not even there, just the anticipation. And then the third time, and then maybe the fourth or fifth or sixth time you have it, it's actually the dopamine is kicking in more the anticipation that actually is during the meal. And so you're enjoying the anticipation of going there more than you actually are enjoying the meal. I don't know if that ever happened to any of you. I mean, that's, that's, that, that is what happens to most of us. And so we, we begin to lose some of the actual enjoyment of the meal as the dopamine begins, begins to change there in the way it's, way it's uh, functioning with our brains. Dr. Nora Volkel said this, over time the consistently high levels of dopamine create plastic changes to the brain. Uh, see, our, 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 our body wants to smooth things out. Our body knows that we can't do this all of our life. And so our body functions to try and smooth things out. And so it, 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 uh, it creates plastic changes to the brain it desensitizes the neurons so that they are less affected by it and decreasing the number of receptors. That leads to the process of addiction, wherein a person loses control. And that's the problem with habits. That's the dangers of habits. When habits get to the place where we lose the ability to say no, 
We lose the ability to tell ourselves no. We lose the ability to walk away from something. We lose the ability to say, this is not good for me. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Now, here's, here's uh, one of my big concerns is, is uh, many of you, the reason I guess I didn't want to use the word addictions is because many of you will think about those big four, those big four addictions. And you'll say, well, mine's not one of those big four, you know, and if I were to list those big four right now, you'd say, okay, well, you're preaching to those people, not me. No, I'm talking to all of us. Because what we're seeing right here is if we don't keep our habits in control, if we don't manage our habits, they can actually become negative for us and they can become destructive for us. They can become addictions too. And they can become things that we binge on. They can become things that keep us from the other things in life that we need to be involved in. Okay, so let, let's take this a little deeper. Next slide. Over time, the habit rewires the brain into believing the habit is beneficial or even necessary to make it through certain circumstances and situations in our life. That over time, our, our brain begins to think, okay, if we're going to get through this, then i got to have this. If I'm going to get through this, then i got to have this. You know, I know none, none of you, you, you're Christians, right? You follow God. You don't ever wake up in the morning and say, I got to have my, you don't ever say that, do you? I mean, I, I got to get through my situation right here. You know, I, I got a problem. And, and say, so do you have you go to, see, here, here, here's a couple of things here, a couple of things of the danger. See, what we're seeing right here is the habit rewires the brain. So now the brain is, is saying, this is what's going to get us through this situation. And, and so what, what begins to happen is we get in a habit loop, okay? That's, that's actual name. If you research this stuff, you know what you'll find? There's actually a name for it, habit loop. I mean, several people, that's what they called it, the habit loop. In, in, you know, in quotes, the habit loop. Because, you know, you get in this loop and, and you got to have this. And it's like you feel like you get out of it a little bit and then you have another situation where uh, i got to have that and you go right back into it. You know, with our habits, our addictions, you know, even our sin. You know, and, and some of you understand what I'm talking about here. Because it's like, you know, something that you need to break free of, and you almost break free of it, and then something else happens that pulls you right back, and you're in that cycle, that habit loop. But here's the real spiritual danger of habits that we let go unchecked, okay? Let me take you to Scripture right here and show it to you. Ephesians chapter 5, verse 8, and this is why I haven't listed the fours, because I probably should just block this out so everybody didn't think I was just talking about this one, okay? Because that's, that's what, there's so much more that is being said here beyond this one thing, okay? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine because that will ruin your life. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, so what a lot of us now are doing is we're saying, Whew, he's not talking about me because I don't have a problem with alcohol, <laughs> That's what some of us are doing right now. Nope, I, I'm, not, I'm not letting you off the hook just yet, okay? Because that's not what we're talking about. But, but yeah, the Scripture's saying if you get drunk all the time to get through life, quit doing that. If you're just a, a person that gets drunk, quit doing that. You will destroy your life by getting drunk all the time. That's what he's saying. Instead, be filled with the Holy Spirit. But let's look beyond that and understand this. If we were to replace that with whatever habits or addictions we have in our lives things that we have to have if we were to replace that first part of that verse here's what here's what the verse would be saying to us go to that next slide add that to the bottom here's what it would be saying don't become reliant on a habit to get through your circumstances instead rely on the holy spirit that's what that scripture's teaching us that's what paul is trying to tell us and and see so here we're not just talking to 
people that don't know Jesus, we're talking to Jesus people too. It's because, man, I, I hear you say it. Oh, I, I get through that, I had to have so-and-so. To get through this, I got to have so We've got those things and, and those, those places that when we go through a tough time, you know, that we've got those things that we go to to help us get through a tough time, maybe binge on, you know, TV, you know, or some, a favorite show or something, or, or maybe, maybe, you know, a half gallon of ice cream is what's got to get us through this tough time or whatever, you know, and, and maybe, you know, ice cream, not a problem, TV, not a problem. None of these things are a problem in context, but when we start using those things, look at what we're doing. We're saying Jesus isn't enough. We're saying I've got to have something else. I got to have something, and, and so we're beginning to rely on other things in our life. Yesterday, I, I, I stood in the uh, the ICU, the SICU, uh, at um, at Brookwood Hospital with Wayne Newman, who just just two days ago, um, they didn't know he had any problems whatsoever. Two days ago, he goes to the doctor and they found a brain tumor, and they had, they're doing surgery. As far as I know, he's still in surgery right now. They did, they rushed to do it that quick. Two days ago, he finds out he's got a brain tumor. He's got to have this taken out immediately. And they've, 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 they've given him all kinds of, of possible bad scenarios. And I'm standing there, and, and, and when I'm beginning to walk into his unit, I'm beginning to walk into his room, I, I, you know, I don't know. I learned this really early in, in ministry, is that you really don't know what kind of shape somebody's in when you're walking into a room like that. And as I walk in, I didn't know what, what kind of shape he would be in. I didn't know if he'd be all tore up, all worried and whatever. I, you know, some people that, that look real strong, man, they come apart, you know, when something like this happens. And I walk in, and there was a confidence in him. All the stuff, you know, I asked questions. They began telling me all the stuff that the doctors had said. And you know what he was doing? He, he was just saying, but God's able. And, and it, he, wasn't say, he wasn't even saying, but God's able to heal me, and that's all it is, and I'm going to be healed. He was even saying that, you know, if it goes away, I, I don't want it to go. God's still able. You know, God's still strong enough. Is that he had a confidence, a faith, a reliance in God. It wasn't about, let's take another aspirin. It wasn't about, well, you know, let, let's go get a gallon of ice cream or something. It was about, he was fully reliant upon Jesus Christ to be able to help him through whatever situation. And especially for us as children of God, if we have anything else that we're allowing to, to get in that place, then, then we're putting it in the place of God and, and we're saying that he's not enough. He has to be enough. We have to say, we have to believe, we have to firmly believe and stand on that ground that Jesus Christ is enough. We have to have that faith, okay? Let me, let me tell you a couple of things, a couple more things real quickly before I, I get into a little bit of how-to, I guess, right here, okay? So let's jump on the, to the next, next slide. Setting new habits. Yes, yeah, setting new habits is often difficult. Anybody, anybody know that, right? Let me tell you a reason why it is. It's because... Okay, so say you've got this habit. Maybe it's not even a, a bad habit, but it's just something that you binge on too often. Maybe you, you're, you're doing one thing just too much. And you say, you know, I need to break that. I need to set a new habit. And I can still do that from time to time, but not all the time. So while you're trying to set this new habit, your, your brain, your mind is saying, oh, no, you're fighting this. Because, you know, if you go over here and do this, you're going to get that dopamine rush. You're going to feel that comfort, that ease, that joy of, of doing that thing that... It's, it's comfort. It's, you know, it's the thing that I do. And so you're fighting that, but if you do somehow struggle through and fight through to get to that place, you get the chore done because that's what setting a new habit is, right? It's not a fun thing. It's like a chore. And if you get that chore done, you know what you get from that? I mean, if you do this thing, you get the dopamine rush. You get the feel good and all that. But if you set that new habit, what do you get? You get, a, you get to pat yourself on the back. You get the self-satisfaction. Woo-hoo, Right? I mean, did you get in the picture? 
That's why it's so hard to set new habits or to break old habits is because this has become so easy and comfortable and new stuff is hard. Okay, uh, last slide before we get into some of the how. As soon as a behavior, catch this, as soon as a behavior becomes automatic, the decision-making part of the brain stops responding. So basically, establishing habits or established habits puts us on autopilot. That when a habit becomes established, the decision-making stops. You know, we just, and we start functioning without thinking. You ever been driving down the road and turn at the wrong place <laughs> and say, I wasn't going here, but it's the place that you always go? You know, and it's like, and you blame it on your car, right? My car thinks this. My car knows this is the only place to go. You blame it on your car. You know what it was? It was habit. You weren't thinking anymore. You didn't have to think. You were on autopilot. But you understand? You see the problem here? Is that when we go on autopilot, we're not thinking. We're not thinking, is this a good, is this a good activity for me to be involved in right now? Is this helpful to me? Is this, is this strengthening me? Is this somehow building my, my relationships, my marriage? Is this helping me be a better dad? Is this helping me financially? Is this making me more healthy or less healthy? What, what, what is this doing to me? Is there something else I should be doing right now that, but I'm really enjoying this so much uh, uh, that I really need to shut this down and go over here and handle those things on my to-do list? When, when, we, when we have habits like this, it stops the decision-making process. We stop thinking, and so we're not doing what we need to do. We're doing what is easy and comfortable. That's why it is so hard to set new habits because this is so, it, it, it's, we, we fall back to the easy and comfortable. And, and that's, that's a lot of what this sermon series is all about is we try easy over and over and over and over. We try, we try what's easy. We try what, what's you know, the least amount of, of struggle, the least amount of work, the least amount of effort to try and make change in our life, and nothing ever changes because it's time for some recklessness. It's time for you to begin to be reckless in some areas because you know what? You can never ease your way out of a rut. Anybody ever driven on a dirt road with ruts? And I don't mean like tracks. I mean ruts where the tires are down below the rest of the ground everywhere else. If you've ever driven in a rut, you know that you can't ease your way out of a rut. If you try to ease your way, you're just going to slip back down. You ease your way, you slip back down. If you try to just do what's easy, you're going to slip back down. Does that sound familiar? I don't mean in, when you're driving your Jeep. I mean, does it sound familiar in your life? When you try to do what's easy, you just slip back. You try to do it and you just slip back. You try to do it. The only way to get out of a rut is to take an aggressive action to change course immediately. I was driving my, I was driving my trooper just, just, um, just yesterday morning over on some, uh, some un, un, unfinished land, untouched land. And, and let me tell you, I had to hang on to the wheel because it kept trying to make me turn places I didn't want to turn. You have to take aggressive action to change course. Same thing with us. If you want to change something about your life, doing what's easy is not going to do it. You have to take aggressive action to change course. So let me ask you. Here's the fill in the blank. Let me ask you. What do you want to stop? I wish I could stop blank. Fill in the blank. Don't have to say it out loud. Please don't, okay? What? Fill in the blank. I wish I could stop and, and I know a lot of us are thinking, well, I don't really have any of those addictions. I'm not talking about just addictions. I'm talking about habits. You've got something. I, I, I guarantee probably everybody in this room has something they wish they could say, I wish I could stop. 
and, and I'm fighting the urge to list a bunch of them because if I list some of them, I'm going to miss yours, and you're going to say, okay, then he's not talking about me. So some of you are probably going to walk out of here saying, well, he wasn't talking to me today because I couldn't think of anything I want to stop. Well, just write all this down because you're, you're going to get there one day. Some of you, maybe even tomorrow, you wake up and say, you know what? I bet what he was really talking about in my life was, and you're going to get it then. So, okay, but just I hope most of you get it. I wish I could stop what? So let me ask you this question. Let's dig in a little bit. What have you tried beyond easy? For most of us, all we try is easy. We try the easy stuff. We, we, we try to do just a little bit, just that, just that little bit enough. We try to ease out of the rut, but you can't ease out of the rut. You can't get there. You have to take some aggressive action to change course. So let's talk about some aggressive actions you can take to change course. Five things. I don't really like to give you five things because I'm afraid you're going to think that is the secret. To, five things that are a secret to me being successful in life. That's not what this is, okay? These may not be all that is there, but here's the five things God's laid on my heart to tell you today, okay? And the first one is pray. All right, now I know what some of you are thinking right now. You think, okay, I know that one, Pastor. Let's skip it. Let's go on. No, here's the problem is our prayers are the easy prayers. We pray comfortable prayers. We're not going beyond that. Remember what I just asked you a moment ago? What have you tried beyond easy? We don't go there. We don't get there. We don't, we don't go to a place uh, of uncomfortableness. And I'm not saying you've got to make prayer hard, but, you know, prayer, when we talk about prayer being communication, well, communication is not just talking. Communication is talking and listening. So if you're only talking, you're not communicating. You know, have you ever had somebody ask you a question, and then before you could answer, they started doing something else or maybe talking to somebody else, you didn't even get to answer the question? You ever had that happen to you? Happens to God all the time. We ask him questions and we don't hang around for the answer. How oh, we're missing. He's the one with the answers. And we're missing it. And so, so, you know, it doesn't have to be hard. You don't have to make it hard, but you got to quit taking those easy routes out and throwing things up at God and expecting him to handle it all. You got to stay there for the answer. Listen to him. You know, prayer is about, is about talking and about listening. And then there's this other part of prayer also that, hey, I'm talking to God about changing things in my life. So I need to be hearing back from him, and then I've got to act on my part. I'm not, I'm not just telling God, hey, God, you need to do so-and-so. I also need to hear from him what I need to be doing. And so I need to be acting on that as well. Okay, I'm, try, I'm trying to spend a lot of time on there. If you will get this and hear this, is we got to stop praying easy. And, and, and again, we don't have to make it hard because you can do it just going, going down the road, you know, on your way to work or something. But turn off the radio. So you can talk to God and then you can hear from God and don't do all the talking. Talk about a, a third of the way so God can talk back to you for a while and then you can rebut, you know, and you can tell him what he don't have right yet, you know. And y'all can argue about it just a little bit and he can help you with it. And, you can be, and then you can start making a plan based on what he is sharing with you and you can start doing it. That's what prayer is supposed to be. So quit praying the little, hey God, here's my problems and go on. Okay, second thing. This one hopefully will be real quick. Fasting. Okay, what is fa fasting is doing without food, but it's, it's more than that, especially for the habits and addictions. Some of you have habits or addictions that, you know, that, that you need to fast that one thing. You know, maybe it's not even a bad thing. Maybe it's a good thing, but you're just spending way too much time on it, and you need to set it, set it aside for a week just so you can make sure it's not getting control over you and becoming an addiction. Set it aside for a week so you know that you're in control. Of, okay, let, uh, I wasn't going to tell this, but I did tell it first, so I'll tell it here again, okay? 
true confession here from pastor, right? Uh, I'd, I'd just gone to a new church to pastor, probably been there two, three weeks, and uh, I get a phone call on a Saturday afternoon right before the Alabama game's about to kick off. And this was quite a few years ago, okay? So this was back before every single college football game in the world is on TV as it is this every weekend now, right? So Alabama was on TV this weekend, and, and so I know some of you are thinking, really? Is that, is that in black and white days or something? No, it used to, used to not be that way, okay? And so I get this phone call, and, the, and it's one of my new church members. You know, I'm the new pastor, and they said, hey, I, I need you today. And here's what's going on in my head, okay? To what level do you need me? Do you need me bad enough that I need to skip the Alabama game? Do you need me, like, later, that we can do this later? Do you need me to come help you move some furniture that we can do tomorrow? What do you mean? But I'm not saying any of this, but I'm thinking, like, okay, how much do they need? Do they understand that Alabama's about to come on football? You know, so I'm thinking all of this in my head, but I'm not saying any of it, okay? But, but I'm, I don't even remember what came out of my mouth, you know, but I'm, you know, hemming and hawing or whatever, and, and you know, and, and I can tell you what went on on the other side of the phone as she let me dangle there for a few moments then she started laughing and she said ha I was trying to find out what kind of pastor I had if he would really come help me when an Alabama game was on TV I had to pray about that one a lot <laughs> and you know what I think there's probably some of us that need to fast a little Alabama football wouldn't be bad to take a take a weekend off or Auburn football or what? It wouldn't be bad for us to take a weekend off and just prove to our family, yes, you are still more important than football. And I'll go on before you all start throwing things at me. Okay, here's the third thing. All right, when it gets to those danger areas, draw the line far enough away that if you fall, you won't fail. If this is danger and you're living your life right here, if you fall, you're done. But if you draw your line back here, if you're living here and you fall, you, you've got room to fall without completely failing. Yeah, um, example, and then trying to stay away from those big four, but I, I just got to throw this one in. If you're an alcoholic, don't hang out at bars. Draw the line back here. So if you fall, maybe you fall a little bit, but you don't fail. You don't completely fail. If, if, if you have a hard time sticking with a budget, you know, if you're one of those people, then all that, that you got your budget built, you know, and then that extra that, that's built into your budget that's supposed to be for those extra things that you didn't plan for that just happened, you know, the rainy day stuff, you do have that, right? I mean, a lot of times we all get to the place where we live paycheck to paycheck, but we don't build our budgets that way. If you build your budget that you live paycheck to paycheck, we have got a small group for you that you need to join, okay? Let me tell you honestly, if you don't, okay? But there should be something built in. And if you can't say, because there's sometimes that right then when you're, instead of putting it away, you're having to use it, okay? That happens. But what you should do is, it, is if you can't live by budget, you know what, you can't keep from spending that, you need to take that and put it in a separate account without a debit card. <laughs> so you can't just go get it whenever you want to go get it. And then what you're doing is you're drawing a line back further. So if you do, it's like, oh, I really want to go buy that whatever. You don't have a debit card where you can just go do it. You don't have checks where you can just go write one. You know, may, maybe it's even after hours and i got to wait till a bank opens tomorrow. Well, hopefully 
your level head will prevail and by tomorrow before you go get the money you will realize I don't need that as bad as I thought to see you draw the line back here let me, let me give you one last example if you have trouble with little Debbie cakes just wait and see who giggles <laughs> and who does if you have trouble that you can't lay off the little Debbie cakes it's not enough for you to just not have them in your house don't keep them in your car either right you know don't buy them don't even go down that aisle in the grocery store you know you know find a little kid somewhere if you need something on that aisle, find a kid somewhere and give him a dollar to go get something so you didn't even you don't even pass the little Debbie cakes you know and, and if somebody you know at lunch says hey I got an extra one you won't don't even accept them as gifts draw your line far enough away from the danger that even if you slip and make a mistake you don't utterly fail okay Fourth, join a small group. Okay, some of you are going to think, well, you, you threw this in because today's small group launch. Nope, I didn't throw it in because of small group launch. I'm preaching this today because of small group launch. This was part of the sermon, and we chose to put it today because this is small group launch. Listen, I know you're thinking, well, you might have, hopefully you've already looked through the list as Kyle led you through that a few moments ago, and you thought, well, that, I, didn't, I didn't see anything there to help me with my addiction. Okay, listen, you may have an addiction. Okay, uh, Say, like, you, you can't stop from spending money, and you're really addicted to ancient southwestern Indian pottery. I guarantee you we will not have a small group for that ever, probably, <laughs> right? But joining a small group, even if, even if we don't have a small group focused on your struggle area, just joining a small group, there is, there is power and strength in the friendships and the connections that you make there you know the, the little small group I had this this summer just a bunch of guys eating breakfast together and a little devotion and discussing and those guys got so and it wasn't just that we ended up doing a project together and, and those guys got so close and some, one was disappointed that I wasn't doing the same small group for this this fall they already asked me about that and those guys got close they got to know each other so you get that it's that iron sharpening iron you know it's 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 that you know it's like it's like you know hearing the pastor admit that you know he had to he had to deal with his Alabama football issue so he could actually do ministry you know when Alabama was on TV you know hearing that other people are struggling with some of the same stuff you're struggling with or maybe it's a different thing they're struggling with but here's how they got through it all of those things are powerful to help you that's why you need not to s just sign up for a small group you need to join it show up after you sign up you need to join a small group and get everything that can be there. Okay, and here's the fifth thing. I'm, I, I'm on, this, this is my last thing to close with. Is you need to fill your life with good stuff. If you want to change something big about your life, you need to stop something, you need to start something, you need to kill a bad habit or start a new good habit or whatever. You need to change something in your life. You need to fill your life with good stuff. And, and let, me say, let me say this right here. You need to be careful who you allow to pour into your life. And you need to be careful what is poured into your life. So you need to find good content. Let me tell you right there, church2911.com slash connect. That's where the sermon notes are. Some of you are there. I know you're scrolling with me as you're going through it. If you're there, if you look on down to the very bottom, you will see a lot of links that we have given you. If you're dealing with one of those big four 
addictions or if you're just dealing with some habits that you're binging on or that you're spending too much time on you want I mean there's even an article there on 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 helping you with if you spend too much time on your cell phone you know you would need to break that there's all kinds of stuff there so you need to find content like that to help you and pour that into your life you need to find people like that are gonna pour into your life okay but also scripture and, and let me say this about scripture before we read this and wrap up is sometimes I read the Bible and I'm like, wow, God, you know exactly where I'm at today and what I'm dealing with. And then sometimes I read the Bible, and it's like, well, I didn't say a whole lot to my situation today. I meant, you know, we're talking about something that I probably will never deal with in this life. But you know what it does? Just reading it, it's something about a connection with me and the wisdom and the will of God that just reminds me that there's a right way to do things and there are wrong ways. That there are good choices to make today and there are bad choices I can make today that what I choose to do today may impact the rest of the day the rest of the week the rest of my life and just read so I, I really encourage you if you don't have a lot of time in the morning just read a little bit because it's just a focus thing okay but let me, let me show you just one thing right here and this is Christ talking in Matthew chapter 5 begin verse 27 you have heard the commandment that says you must not commit adultery but I say, okay, Jesus said, you've heard this commandment, but let me tell you something a little bit deeper than that. Anyone who even looks at a woman with lust has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If, you've, if, you've, if you look at her with lust, you've already done it in your heart. You've committed the sin, you just hadn't committed it with your body yet. So if your eye, even your good eye, I don't really understand that exactly, I guess they had a lot of people walking around with bad eyes. You know, so if your eye, even your good eye, causes you to lust, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. And if your hand, even your stronger hand, causes you to sin, cut it off and throw it away. It is better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. Okay, so, so Christ is saying, I think we get this, right? We understand. Christ is saying, you know, if, if your eyes are causing you to lust, then cut them, pluck them out, throw them away. It'd be better for you to, it'd be better for you to, you know, go blind the rest of your life and to enter into eternity blind, than to, than to, to fail God for the rest of your life and to possibly, you know, lose out with Him and all of that. It'd be better for that. But even think about this life too, right here. Not just doing that for that life, but what about this life? You want an awesome marriage? You know and there's something that is hindering that marriage it would be better to have an awesome marriage than to get to indulge in that one little pleasure the rest of your life that is hurting your marriage it, it, it would be better you know it'd be better to have a you know a great career than to hang on to that one little thing that always seems to get in the way of you having that great career wouldn't it it would be better for you to be blessed in your finances than you to be bound by something for the rest of your life. Even one little thing. That's what Christ is also saying. He's saying, it'd be better. This would be better. This would be better. So, so what is it? What do, you, what do you need to change? What do you want to change? What would you like to see change? What do you want to stop and what do you want to start? What do you need to start? What, what can you do? It's not going to happen if you just keep trying easy. You're going to have to get reckless in some areas of your life if you want to see real change happen. You've been listening to the Church 2911 Sermons Podcast. 
If you have a prayer need, our prayer team and staff would love to pray with you. You can send us your prayer request by using the email address prayer at church2911.com. If you would like to know more about our church, including information about our weekly services, please check out church2911.com. Thank you for listening. We hope you know that God has an amazing dream for you. And as always, we dare you to dream.